Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Espresso Jams. Today, I have with us Rachel Lee, and Rachel is a brand strategist. She helps entrepreneurs and business folks create a kick-ass brand across the entire website so that the entrepreneur and the individuals can be themselves and shine as they are so that their light shines brilliantly. Rachel, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I really like that intro you just said. You make, you're making me blush. <laughs> I, I really <laughs> like hearing that. Well, we've known each other for a little while, but very briefly, and I just love your energy. Thank you. Well, I feel like a lot of what I do involves figuring out exactly what makes you shine and then just turning up the volume on that a little bit. It's so hard, especially when we connect. I mean, we connected online when we connect with other people online. It's really hard to sense what a person is actually like, especially when we're interacting through these static online mediums. So if you have an understanding of what your sparkle is, it's important to turn that up just a few notches so that it actually comes through when you're talking to people and interacting online. But we could talk more about that later. I assume you've got some questions for me that we're going to be diving into today. Yes, and we'll get into that. So the first question, Rachel, is where do you hail from today? I'm based in Vancouver, Canada on the West Coast where it rains perpetually. That being said, it's sunny today, for which I'm very thankful, but I'm based in Vancouver. Okay, great. And so, you've wow, you've got a little bit colder weather than we have in North Carolina today. <laughs> Absolutely. Hoping for it to warm up soon. I'm wishing for an early spring. Okay, great. Well, I wish that for you also. You're listening to Espresso Jams, short, concentrated, delicious conversations about business, technology, and entrepreneurship. If you're just starting out on your business adventure or you're a seasoned business professional, I'm sure you'll find value in these short conversations. Espresso Jams is brought to you by Apexable, providing the tools, insights, and transformative structures to help you reach your business summit. I'm your host, Joe Matz. Let's get started. So before we get into what you're doing today, I'd like to get into a little bit of the story of Rachel and how she got started being a brand specialist. Was was there any indication in your younger years that you would own your own business? Absolutely not. I, I have an Asian background, which means my parents bred me for stability. Business is the opposite of that, <laughs> as we all know. Well, honestly, what I thought was I would find a stable job, work there for the next 40 years, and then retire happy. That's what I really wanted as a kid. But I also knew that I wanted to create things for a living. And I also know that not every job checks off all the boxes when it comes to that. So little did I know that when I finally achieved my dream job and got the thing that I thought I wanted, I didn't plan for the fact that I wouldn't be happy. And my business was actually just a result of me searching for a solution that better checked off those boxes for me, meaning I felt happy and fulfilled doing what I did. I earned enough money to not just sustain a living, but to live comfortably. And I felt like what I was doing 
what's actually creating impact in the lives of people who are receiving and interacting with the things that I created. And unfortunately, the job that I thought that I wanted didn't check off those boxes. So naturally, you just go looking for other solutions. So what happened, it turned out be, to be the business for me. So this creative spark and, and the, the desire to create things is, has been in you for forever. Is that right? I would say so. I I always laugh whenever people ask me, how long have you been doing what you've been doing? And professionally, but my background is in design, but I could say I've been drawing with crayons since I was in my diaper. So I've been doing this for my whole life um, and doing this. And what I mean when I say that is taking ideas, intangible thoughts and feelings that exist within my head or within the thoughts of other people, extracting that and then turning that into something tangible. And it's not always art. Sometimes it's a creative solution. Sometimes it's problem solving. And I like to say that I got a lot of this type of thinking from my dad because he's got an engineering background. And Mm -hmm. growing up, even though we didn't have a whole lot, my parents immigrated from Hong Kong, my dad's mindset of, well, if we can't afford it or if we can't buy it, then we could just make something. There's always something that we can create to fix the problem that we have. So growing up, I observed that from my dad and unknowingly, I guess I picked it up and it turned into the skill and the passion that I have today. That's great. I love the can-do attitude. We either we're going to buy it or make it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I grew up with basically everything in my room was just made by my dad. Like we, we had all the bunk beds, we had all the cool furniture and it was custom made. So I remembered I had this cool bunk bed and I had my little home studio underneath it. And I think that was where I discovered the beauty of not just buying things. I mean, like things that are mass produced and manufactured, that's great. But I realized that each person has a custom taste, like we have custom needs and there might not be something out there on the market for that. So I think it's an incredible skill to have to be able to create the solution that is perfect. It's almost like, it's like having a custom fit outfit, right? Like it fits exactly to the shape of your body. And I think there's no replacing that. So it's a great skill to have to be able to see exactly where the need is and create the perfect solution for it. Yes, and I, I get involved with that sometimes to my detriment as I, I would prefer to make something than buy for the simpler things. And um, and my wife just thinks I'm crazy. It's like, I come up with this idea. I can buy this piece and buy this little thing and buy this little thing and put it together and look what I get. And she's like, Joe, you could buy it for $10. I'm like, no. <laughs> I hear you. I'm, I'm like that too. And there's always a dark side to it where I tend to hoard junk religiously because I see a potential use for everything. And I tend to be very classy. So I have a tendency to hold on to things that honestly, it doesn't make sense for me to hang on to. I've, I've got drawers and drawers full of stuff that I definitely need to declutter. But it, it's about the way of thinking, I feel, that has gotten me to where I'm at today and will probably be the same until the day that I die. That's that's great. I mean, it sounds like like we both have this affliction. We, we like to take two things that don't look like they fit together but we can put them together and make something useful. 
Exactly. And and have fun while doing it, That's right? Funny. Like you don't know what it is exactly you're going to create, but I feel like it's the process of exploration and making a mess before you come up with a solution that always gets me excited. So that's the feeling that I chased and it, I wasn't feeling happy about the way that I was doing it in my job. My job as a graphic designer honestly required zero problem solving and it drove me nuts. All, all I... All I did, honestly, was push pixels across the screen, back and forth, every single day for eight hours. And I wasn't able to use that muscle in my brain that I've trained my whole life to use. And it was agitating. I was 24 at that time when I decided this isn't for me and I need to look for something else. The scary thing is, like I said earlier, not every solution to your happiness is pre-manufactured out there in the market. You have to create your own solution. And for me, it involved doing the scary thing and starting up a business with no business knowledge. They don't teach art kids how to do business in art school, but I realized there wasn't really any other option. So I just had to learn really, really quickly. And there were a lot of mistakes along the way. Of course, that, that's, how, that's how we get better. We, we make a mistake and we fix it. We don't ever make that mistake again, hopefully. So, hopefully so here you are working in your corporate <laughs> job. You're, you're not really happy you've got the money, you're making good money, but you're not really happy with the situation there. Now, did you wake up one morning and say, I've got to do my own thing? Or did it gel inside of you like like a bubbling volcano before it exploded? I feel like it was a gradual process along which I was fighting myself. I, I mean, my survival instinct told me girl, like you've got the thing that you wanted, just stay here. You don't know what else is out there. If you decide to even look for another job or God knows what else, you might not be able to get this again. Maybe this is the best and maybe you should just stay here, even if it doesn't check off all the boxes for you. Yeah, I, so I feel like there's a process of denial <laughs> where I wasn't, I was telling myself, no, I am happy when I actually wasn't. I think a lot of people go through that. You know, it's uh, the, the pain that they know is better than the fear of not knowing what's on the other side. And, and a lot of people will stay in their jobs when really they've, they've got that boil inside of them that they want to leave and go. But it's, it's the fear. Sometimes it's, it's the comfort. You know, at, at least I have a job, they say. At least I'm getting paid well. And, and they'll stay in the job when, when they could break out of that situation if they want to. So exactly. Did, now, did you begin half half time or part time or did you make a clean break with without knowing and or having any clients? Thankfully, I had some friends at that time who were also self-employed and they gave me a few tips and they said, thankfully, what you do is something that's very easy to get just side jobs for. So I actually started off doing part-time freelancing, just getting my feet wet, starting to do networking, starting to look into other projects. Because the thing is, I knew I wasn't happy in my job but I also didn't know what I wanted. And as we know, you don't know what you want until you try it. So it's like going to a buffet. You sample every dish, just a little bit of each thing, and then you taste it and see what you like. And then when you know which things you like, you go back and you keep your plate with more of that thing. But I didn't know. I was 24. <laughs> I've only been in that job for not that long. It was literally five months. 
Um, but I knew that I wanted to try different things. So the intention in the beginning was I have my full-time job, so I'm covered when it comes to finances. And on the side, I get to just dabble, get my feet wet, meet different people, work on different projects, see what I like, and then we'll go from there. And then at some point, I remembered it was the start of 2019. I think it has something to do with just the new year mindset. There's something about it. I feel like each person feels this weird pressure. And I remember the year just started and I was full-time, like full-time with my job and really intensely putting energy into my freelancing. And I realized I won't be able to get my own stuff up and off the ground with this job that was sucking all of my time and energy. Like my schedule was crazy during that period of time. I would go to my nine to five. Then right after I'd run off to like a coffee meeting or some networking event, I would literally not eat dinner. And then I would transit back. And I didn't even have a car at that time. I would live my life on transit and on the transit ride back home, the hour and a half it took, I would be on my laptop working on my freelance projects. I go home, I might eat, shower, sleep, and then wake up and be at work for 8.30 the morning after. Like that was my life. And I knew it wasn't sustainable. So at, at basically the start of 2019, I decided, okay, well, I'm not really ready, but I can't stay anymore. Oh. So I handed in my two weeks notice. <laughs> the embarrassing part of this story is I didn't even show up to fulfill those few weeks I I could not handle myself so I just decided not I handed in the notice but then I just didn't show up to fulfill the rest of that like there was just something it's like a pops blister like it had already happened using that analogy there's this boil but it the blister popped already and I couldn't go back so yeah started 2019 I was a free agent and the first day I remembered that I was officially unemployed I remember the morning of, I just cried. <laughs> I, I was, those were very confused tears. I was happy and sad and scared. There were a lot of emotions. I was just feeling overwhelmed. I think that might be the best word to describe it because I knew that something amazing was waiting ahead of me, but I knew that I was extremely inexperienced. And you don't, because I knew that I didn't know a lot that in itself terrified me and I didn't know where to begin. So that was the start of my journey. It was messy. (laughs) I don't recommend anyone follow my footsteps in that way, but I'm happy that I decided to take the jump. Looking back, if I could have done something differently, maybe I would have stayed for the remaining two weeks, just (laughs) as per courtesy to my poor um, manager and supervisor who are taking care of me, but I don't think I would have done anything differently. Would you like to get in front of more of your ideal clients and at the same time, build your brand and create evergreen content? Well, you can do that with podcast guesting. This very moment, you're listening to a podcast that may have been published today or three weeks ago or three years ago. In a very real sense, you're engaging with the speakers, hopefully enjoying yourself and learning something new at the same time. And you're getting to know the guests and how they help their clients, their customers, and the problems that they solve. You may even be their ideal client and want to learn more about them and download one of their free resources you can find in the show notes or maybe even become a client of theirs. See, when you're a guest on a podcast, you will enjoy that same kind of engagement. It is perhaps the easiest, most cost-effective way to get in front of new audiences. Learn how you can be a guest on the right podcast and engage with your ideal clients 
with the free resources available at gapologist.com. When you first started, you know, we talked about making mistakes and it was being messy and all of that. What do you wish you knew back then that you know now? Uh, man, oh, I mean, I, I know if I said a lot, that would be such an ambiguous answer. I feel that if I had just a better understanding of what business is, it would have helped me better prepare for my transition. Like in the beginning, I didn't even know that I needed contracts. I didn't know that there was any sort of bookkeeping or accounting involved. I didn't know what it meant to register a business. I didn't have sales or marketing skills. All I knew at the sheer naivety of it was I just knew that I had a skill that people were willing to pay for. And all I needed to do was find people and exchange my skills for their money. It was so, so simple. Of course, we know it's not that simple in the world of business, but had I known, I feel like with the mindset that I had, I would have been able to make the most out of the opportunities I had at that point in time. Maybe I would have set up a referral system. Maybe I would have been a little bit more strategic with my networking. There, there was a lot of flipping and flopping around in the beginning. And I feel like I would have significantly reduced the amount of stress I experienced and, and mistakes if I had understood just a little more about what business actually was. But again, art kid, have, I have no idea about this world. This is new territory for me. So it was, um, it was like uh, going to a new playground for the first time. You have no idea what's there, but you're just there to play and explore and have a good time. So that was the first year of business for me. Lots of mess, but lots of fun. Yeah, it's it's you really jumped in head first without without knowing what was under the water. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, being dumped into the pool and being asked to swim in the deep end before you know how to swim. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> trying to keep your head above the water in the beginning. That's that's what it felt like. But you you get the hang of it eventually, in part because you have to, <laughs> and mm-hmm. in part because. I didn't have a plan B. It was just the plan A. And I went with the plan A and I had to make it work. Right. Right. So, you know, after your, your trials and tribulations in the beginning, you figured it out and your, your business continues to go on. What do you do today for your clients? What is the transformation or the, the product or the service that you provide for them? That's a great question. I like to say that over the years, um, my business has evolved alongside myself as a person. I feel like those things are two things that are very closely connected, where in the beginning, I just did visual branding for small businesses. It was pretty straightforward. It was all about cleaning up the presentation for businesses and the way they presented themselves online. Over the years, I came to be a trend where a lot of solopreneurs are starting up their businesses. There are more coaches now than ever, and it's very easy to run your business as a one-man band. That being said, the game when it comes to branding and online presentation is much different when it comes to a person presenting themselves as the face of their business and like a business as an umbrella with a group of employees or people who are working underneath it. And I realized that that I had this problem myself where I had presented myself as a business brand. I called myself Toucan Design Studio when I was a team of one. And presenting myself in this way, it caused a bit of tension because I realized that 
one, it didn't feel entirely truthful to where I was at and what I was presenting, but also it caused a rift between me and my clients. I actually wanted a close and intimate relationship with my clients, but the way I was presenting my brand was actually creating a rift and that separation where people thought that I was an agency. And I feel like the way people interact with businesses and organizations and larger entities is very different than the one-on-one connection that clients have when they're just interacting with a single service provider. So when I came to this realization, it was actually just the start of last year when I moved the focus from for my business from helping business brands with the way they present themselves to helping people who are the face of their business. Oftentimes solopreneurs, sometimes um, they're managers who run small teams, but the people and helping them figure out the tricky equation of how do you present yourself as a brand when you're a human, but you are also your business and how to spread that very narrow line between showing professionalism and showing people, hey, I know what I'm doing. You could trust me with your money. I have exactly the solution that you're looking for, but also not cutting out your humanity. Like how do you put in your personality and your voice and help people see and feel you while still being professional and bringing in the right clients based on the image that you're putting out? So it's a very tricky equation, but I find myself more and more as just throughout the course of my own journey, becoming really interested in how people do that because now we're all doing our networking online. Back then, you meet the people in person first and then you interact online afterwards. Now that the equation is flipped and we're relying on our online presence, our social media profiles, the Zoom conversation here, maybe our website to communicate about who it is that we are, the expectations can get really weirdly skewed when you're not being honest in the way you're presenting yourself online, it can cause for a very jarring experience when you actually interact with people in person for the first time. And you're like, wait a minute, like you are not what I was expecting. And then you have to build that trust all over again. Mm. So I've noticed this over and over again. And what I really want to do is to help people just bridge that gap so that the way they're presenting themselves online is as clear as it can be so that it bridges the gap and creates a natural segue. So when people meet you in person, there's literally no surprises. Rather, when people meet you for the first time, they can even say like, wow, I know we've talked online for some time, but meeting you now in person, it feels like we've known each other forever. This is familiar. I feel like I expected this. And from a trust building perspective for any business, that's how you want people to feel about you. It's familiar. I feel like I know you. I already trust you. And I know that you're able to help me with my problem. So I basically, that's a long rambling answer to your question, but I help people bridge that gap and figure out the online presentation so that when it comes to setting the right expectations, it's as clear as day. Yeah. And I, I suffered from that because I thought I was in business. Now I have to be the businessman. I have to be all straight and right and speak <laughs> formally and all of that. And I'm a casual guy. You know, I, I like to speak casually. I like to wear casual clothes. I don't like, I wore, I wore a suit for the first 18 years of my business life. I'm done. I'm done with suits. And I, you know, I just like to be casual. I like to treat people as friends right from the beginning. You know, and, yeah. and I wasn't doing that. And just recently with the podcasting and with doing lives and, and the network, I said, you know, this is, this is too much stress. 
this is just too too crazy to to try and be two different people. I'm just going to be casual. And by doing that, I figured, and correct me if I'm wrong, I figured some people will be turned off by that, but other people will be attracted by that. And I just want to attract the people who will be attracted by that. If you're turned off by my casualness, what can I say? We won't work together. But I'm happier. There's less stress. And I can be myself online, social, in business, in social situations. I'm the same person. I don't have to put up a front anymore. And it's, it's been wonderful. It's been great. Yeah. And, and the beauty of it is, is that you expend so much energy when you have to put up a face. And I know entrepreneurs, we work like so hard. We have, we, we already have limited energy to go around. Why then would we put so much energy into maintaining two personas or two personalities when you could just do one? And like you said, it's almost like natural selection where the people who aren't drawn to who you are won't be good customers anyway. Like we didn't start our businesses to work with people we don't like. And it took me honestly a long time to figure that out for myself. But why would I want to work with people who don't understand who I am, whom I have to convince of the value that I bring to the table? Like I didn't start my own business to go go through that experience. So it actually works both ways, but people are scared because they feel like it limits their opportunities. And especially when opportunities might feel scarce, it is really scary to show yourself a certain way, knowing that it might turn off like certain customers. And I get it. We all have to pay our bills, but in the long run, it's actually much more efficient for your time, your energy, and God knows your headspace in the long run for your business. Yes, it really is. And and a friend of mine likened it to a magnet. A magnet has two sides, positive and negative, and a magnet will attract uh, other magnets and it will repel other magnets. So if you're going to be, you have to be okay with not everyone loving what you do. (laughs) You have to be okay with that. Exactly. And it takes a certain degree of understanding, well, who am I? Like what comes naturally to me? And I went through that struggle myself when I had to rebrand the way I presented myself online. And I realized, Rachel, you're not the corporate stuffy type. It's not that I can't design for corporate, but it's not what excites me. I'm like young and fun and playful. Uh, I feel like people have described me in the past as bubbly. And I realized that me trying to suppress that energy isn't doing me any good because people are hiring me for the creative thinking. They're hiring me to be like this because a lot of people who feel like they're kind of like flat coke, you know, the flat coke personality online, they want to hire me to help them spice things up. And God, God, God knows if I presented myself as like some stiff jacketed, like <laughs> super corporate professional, well, you wouldn't trust me to help you create a more engaging brand online. In fact, you'd be like, Hey, I think you need some help. Like you're, you're, you're flat as Coke as well. How can you help me with my branding? So it took a while for me to get over that initial mm-hmm. fear, but honestly, it's been working really well for me. So do you think that you're at some level, you're helping people bring out their own personality in their branding and in their business? 
Absolutely. I can definitely say that, especially for the people who are the face of their business. I feel like we're doing our customers a disservice when we don't let them connect with us. Hmm. Like, why would we be the face of our business if we're not here to connect with our customers? It's not just about providing a service. It's about the experience that you create. And I feel like the more you lean into creating a unique experience for your customers, the more loyal they are going to be to you and what you provide. Because honestly, there are so many service providers out there who could do the same thing that I can do, who could do the same thing that you can do. And the only differentiating factor is the experience that you create for your customers and how you make them feel as you're interacting with them. That's, that is honestly what they're buying because there's a lot of choice out there. And Perfect. the only distinguishing factor is how, what do I want to get out of this experience of working together with you? Yeah, that that's great. That's very rich. And I, yeah, I hope our listeners have re listened really well to that part. If you missed any piece of the last two minutes, hit the rewind button because that's gold. Rachel, we're coming to the end of the interview and it's it's been so great talking with you. But in the next uh, minute or so, is there something that you would like to leave our audience with a takeaway, an action step, something like that? For sure. I feel like over the years of me being online and going through this really tough question of how am I supposed to present myself, I feel like the biggest step is to not be afraid of showing people who you are. And it takes practice. It will be messy because nobody in school taught us how to communicate using the online media. The internet didn't exist up until a certain point. So it's a skill and it takes practice. So for people who are trying to figure out that equation of what is it like to be seen and what is right for me, you won't know the answer to that question unless you just do it. And it will be messy and that's okay because you don't know what works and what feels good until you try it. So my last nugget of knowledge is just go out and don't be afraid of letting people see you because the right people will be attracted to you and you'll push away the people you want to be avoiding anyway. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Excellent. And do you have a free gift for our listeners today? Absolutely. I'm really happy to be able to offer a complimentary 30 minute brand consultations for anybody who's in that space of trying to figure out how to present themselves online and they're just really not sure and want to talk to a professional just to get a, an unbiased outside opinion on what might be the next steps forward for your brand and the way you present your business. I'm happy to have a conversation. It's like a super chill, no pressure conversation where you just get to pick my brain and get a better sense of where you need to be going. Okay. And how can people get in touch with you and take advantage of that general that generous offer? Well, I am mostly on Instagram. I'm still a creative at heart. So I hang out mostly on Instagram. You could also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn. My handle's the same across all of these platforms and I'll make sure that we have links to those, but you could find me at Rachel T. Wiley across all of those platforms. And I also have a link to my website as well as my blog and podcasts. Um, from my website, you can book yourself the 30 minute brand consultation and or we'll just make sure we have a link in the show notes. Yes, and we'll have those links and more in the show notes so you can get in touch with Rachel, find out more about what she's all about and how she can help you with your branding. Rachel, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. My pleasure.
Okay, goodbye to Rachel and goodbye everyone. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Espresso Jams. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on your preferred channel and never miss another episode. If you'd like more business tips on technology, entrepreneurship, and doing better, you can find me on LinkedIn at Joe Matz, that's J-O-E-M-A-T-Z, or go to my website, apexable.com, that's apex-able.com. I'm your host, Joe Matz, wishing you an awesome day.